Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from Thankful Homemaker, and I'm so glad to be with you today. It's the start of the new year, and for many of us, I know the month of January seems to be a month that we're thinking about goal setting or New Year's resolutions are on our minds. And if they're not fresh on our minds, we're usually seeing the conversation about them all over social media and in the blogs and the newsletters that we read. And these are good things because we all set goals, right? Maybe maybe we're not sitting and writing them out, but we're continually contemplating improvements in our homes, in our walk with the Lord, in our raising our children, our relationships inside and outside our home, and and countless other areas. So today's podcast episode is actually an update on one that I did back in 2017, and it was on spiritual priorities. So quite a few years have passed since then, and I've had several listeners inquire about an update. So that's what we're diving into today. So we're on episode 157. The first one I did, was, I believe it was episode 10. So this is now episode 157, and it's titled Planning with Purpose, Spiritual Priorities for the New Year. And I'm saying New Year, you can do this any time of the year. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast episode and it's June, you can work through this in June. It does not matter. So I I always want to say that we can be continually focusing on our spiritual priorities any time of the year. So we're going to work through this episode just a little bit differently than the previous episode. There'll be some some areas that are similar, but we're still, we're going to look at goal setting through a biblical lens. And I still like to refer to my planning in various areas of my life as spiritual priorities instead of goals. But whatever term we use, it's essential for our goals or priorities to align with the wisdom of God's word. And I'm going to use those terms, goals and priorities interchangeably, but I'm meaning the same thing. So the Westminster Shorter Catechism reminds us that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So the main purpose of our goals, they need to be to glorify God. So as Christians, as we're desiring here to lead productive lives that honor the Lord, we're going to work through this together and see how we can set good goals. And from these good goals that we're setting, we need to work through maybe what projects and habits may need to be implemented to help our goals succeed and really so we follow through with them. But before we begin setting goals, we need to determine what the areas of responsibility are that we deal with in our lives on a regular basis. Because when we identify our areas of responsibility, it helps us to set goals in a way that focuses on the key domains of our lives. We can better prioritize goals based on their importance in various areas of your life. And you're going to see how this works, how this really stands out as we walk through it today. We want our goals to reflect what truly matters in all our different spheres of life. We're going to always be mindful, though, that the Lord is the one in control. So we do take the time to be good stewards of our time and talents and relationships and to plan and live with purpose. Our good God has so generously blessed us with much to be responsible over. And as we purpose and plan, we always need to be mindful. I mean, I remind us of, because I remind myself of this continually, (laughs) to hold everything with an open hand, right? I want to share a few verses that I keep in my memory as a reminder of our sovereign God at work in our lives. 
Proverbs 16.3 tells us, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Proverbs 16.9 states, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord established his steps. Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Job 42.2 says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And Psalm 33 verses 10 and 11 states, The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. So we're currently reading Trusting God by Jerry Bridges in our Patreon group. So the theme of the book is continually on my mind. It's on the sovereignty of God. It's trusting God in all things. I love how Jerry Bridges laid out the purpose of this book. He laid out in two steps here. He said, number one is to glorify God by acknowledging his sovereignty and his goodness. And number two, to encourage God's people by demonstrating from scripture that God is in control of their lives that he does indeed love them, and that he works out all the circumstances of their lives for their ultimate good. So as we are digging in here, as we're starting, as we plan and purpose, and we set our goals and priorities, all good things to do, we know that. We are continually reminded that as believers, the Lord is in control of our lives, and he's working out all the circumstances for our ultimate good and for his glory. So as we dig here into the spiritual priorities, mind focus on seven areas. And I've used these for many years now from a book that has really been impactful in my walk with the Lord and in managing my, my time, my home, my relationships. And it's called Shopping for Time. And it was um, by Carolyn Mahaney. And I think one or two of her daughters wrote it with her. And I will link to it in the show notes. Because I did this every year, I decided it would really be a help to me if I put together a guide for me to use in planning my spiritual priorities. So I wasn't starting from scratch every year. So it's been a help to me, and now it's a resource I thought others might benefit from. So I do have it at my shop. It's just a very simple PDF download. It's super cheap. I think it's $2.99. I'll link to it in the show notes in case you're interested in it. But I just use the recommended areas in the book because they work for me. And honestly, I'm really not all that creative. And I, <laughs> my life is pretty simple. And I love seeing examples. It helps. And I use it as a guide. But you don't have to use these areas. You can change it up if your areas of responsibility are different. You're in a different season than I am probably and different life situations going on. I'm going to share a couple of other examples of areas of responsibility along with my seven. So... <clears throat> For the most part, as Christian women, and most of you here are Christian women, wives, mothers, homemakers, we're going to have similar priorities. And again, we always want to make sure that our priorities line up with God's word. So here's the seven areas that I used to plan. And again, the show notes will be, um, I'll kind of put it together like a partial blog post, but it'll have all the resources I mentioned, and it'll have some of the text so you can read through some of it. But you're going to get much more if you're listening into this podcast than you will on the blog post. So the areas I use to plan are grow in godliness, there's seven of them, love my family, serve in the church, fellowship with Christians, evangelize non-Christians, attend to my work, and care for my physical health. So as an example, my friend Reagan Rose, he authored the book Redeeming Productivity, and he's got a great membership site that I'm actually part of and I gain a lot from and I really enjoy it, but he refers to these as areas or domains of stewardship. Um, and he breaks them down into these categories. He has um, your walk with the Lord, your relationships, your career or calling, your health, your finances, 
and recreation. And then Tim Challies, the author of Do More Better, he breaks them down into these categories. He has personal, family, church, social, and business. So you can see they can be laid out in different ways. There's, there's no right or wrong way to do this. So <clears throat> they're pretty similar to one another. To, so to set goals in, we aim to grow in all these areas that we determine the Lord has given us responsibility over. But however, we need to be mindful that in different seasons of our lives, certain areas may dominate over others. So as we move forward, just ponder what the areas of responsibility in your life are on a regular basis. That's a good starting point. The seven, that's like a, all these S's, the seven spiritual priorities <laughs> work for me as, as they walk through my areas of responsibility. And most of my goals fit into one of those seven areas. And I, again, I said, I've listed those seven in the show notes. So they're there for you. So you don't have to remember them if you're listening here. You can head over to thankfulhomemaker.com and you'll find them there. So why do we need to set goals? So be, before we dive into the what and how, I want to just briefly go through the why, because we've already stated that our ultimate purpose is to glorify God in all aspects of life. And by setting goals that align with biblical principles and values, we can then use our time and talents and resources in a way that honors the Lord and reflects his character. Setting goals, it helps us to live intentional lives. As we seek the Lord's guidance through his word and prayer and setting our goals, we can gain a clear sense of what it looks like to honor him in various situations and relationships. We've been entrusted with much, and we know everything we have is a gift from the Lord, right? So setting goals helps us manage the resources the Lord has given us, which can be things like our time and talents, material possessions, our families, our relationships. So for me, if, if I don't set goals regarding my spiritual growth, probably not much growth will happen, sadly. I, I want to recognize areas that I need to change and areas where there's little growth. Maybe there's areas where I'm struggling with a sin, right? So as I set goals and compare them from year to year, it can be really encouraging as I look back to see those areas of growth. I, I can intentionally desire to grow in various areas where I'm weak and seek the Lord in prayer and his word. I can even have others close to me keep me accountable where I may need it. But if I'm never taking inventory of my spiritual walk, this growth probably won't happen. So just as an example here, and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into this one as we move forward, but Every year, my prayer life makes my list. Is I, I have various aspects of it that I want to see growth in. And this year in particular, I wanted to work on organizing my prayer life better and praying regularly for my church family. This was a big one. So it's a goal I've been working on. So last year, I wanted to ensure that I set aside more extended time several mornings a week to pray. I want to pray daily, but I wanted more extended time on several days. And now that has become a habit. The year before, my goal was just to pray for at least 10 minutes a day because I wanted to make sure that prayer was a daily habit. So that habit back then, it helped me extend my prayer time this year. They're building on one another and I can see growth from year to year. And now I'm expanding it to really pray over my whole church family as the year goes on. So every month I'm praying for my church family and repeating that month to month. So each day of the month, of various, um, several church families, several families from our church, I should say, are being prayed for. Our pastor put together a wonderful prayer guide that he does, and that was a help to me, and I was able to work that into my, what I use for my prayer journal, which is really the Prayer Made app, which I am so grateful for. I It's one of my favorite apps. So 
our spiritual lives have so many aspects to consider, and I know it can lead to this very lengthy list of spiritual goals, but it's really important to remember that these goals that we're setting, all right, they're not burdens, but they're blessings. Each one is a step towards deeper spiritual growth. It may not happen for a while, but you've got it on that list to look towards. And we're going to discuss how to work through these goals. But for now, the, the main point I want to get across here is that setting spiritual goals is a significant part of our spiritual growth. There's many more reasons I'm not even addressing, but I want this part to encourage you to do it if you've never done it before, to pick it back up if you've set goals in the past, but you just haven't been consistent. I've had many moments and years that I've been there, so I'm raising my hand on that one. And if you're already a goal setter, I want to encourage you to keep doing it. Maybe you don't even know where to begin and you just start with one and that is just fine. Let me leave you with one more thought, okay? We're to set goals with an eternal perspective in mind. We know that earthly achievements are sweet blessings from the Lord, but they're temporary. And our ultimate goal needs to be the pursuit of a relationship with God as we look forward to spending all eternity with Him. So do make sure to find contentment in God's provision for your life and always trust in His good timing. So how to set goals? So we talked about the why, why we set goals, and we worked through before that the areas of responsibility. So what does this look like? All right. So I shared with you, I do have that spiritual priorities planning guide that to help you walk through it, I'll link to it. But you can literally just start with a blank piece of paper and list your areas of responsibility. You can take a sheet of paper for each one of them. So what I'll do is I'll write out my list of priorities. Um, I'm going to say them again. So it'll be growing godliness, love my family, serve in the church, fellowship with Christians, evangelize non-Christians, attend to my work, and care for my physical health. So you just take the priorities one at a time. And like I said, putting each one in its own sheet of paper or maybe its own page in, in a journal or a notebook is a good way to start organizing it. And then you have that to look back on from year to year. And that's something I want to encourage you. If you do this, do it in a spot and be consistent with it so you can look back from year to year on it. Um, because a lot of those will carry over from your tier and you'll already have it there. So take the time to pray over each area and see how you're doing in it. Ask yourself some questions to help you determine, evaluate, and set spiritual priorities in each of them. And I'm going to share some questions that I use and some additional ones I kind of put together. And these are really these are, it's not this exhaustive list and you probably are going to come up with much better questions than I'm giving you, but um, I'm just going to give you some to start with. So it'll get you thinking a little bit. So, and those, I'll put those questions in the show notes too. So as you work through them in each area, your list could get really long on depending on certain categories. All right. Don't panic. Don't let overwhelm begin. You're not dealing with all these at one time. You're not dealing with all of them this year. I just trust the process here as we work through this. So let's just look at grow in godliness and get, get our brains thinking here a little bit. So I feel like this one needs to be first because it's of primary importance. And very simply, you can just ask the Lord, how are you growing in holiness and godliness? Where are you weak? Where do you need to make changes? And some additional questions would be things like, what can, what can I do to grow closer to God? Are there parts of my character that need to change according to God's word? Am I battling any sins? And as I'm battling them, am I not seeking God's help? So I'm thinking sins are like bitterness or being overly critical or gossiping. How can I make sure I'm consistently praying, spending time in the Word, studying the Bible, and worshiping? 
Am I using the means of grace or the spiritual disciplines to draw closer to the Lord? Are there spiritual disciplines that I'm weak in? So those are some questions to kind of get you thinking there on grow and godliness. All right, our next one is love my family. <clears throat> one of my favorite questions from the Shopping for Time book is, what is one family relationship I want to give more attention to in this season? So some additional questions to ponder. And again, these are just examples. Please, please come up with your own list because you know personally your relationships and what's going on. It'll help you to evaluate the relationships and areas of your life. So questions like, how can I show Christ's love to my family? How can I help my children grow in their love for the Lord? How can I encourage my husband in his walk with the Lord? Are there any issues in my family that need forgiveness or reconciliation? Um, those are some good ones to start with. And then what about serving the church? So questions like, what spiritual gifts has God equipped me with for service in the church? And am I using them? How can I actively contribute to the needs of my church community? Are there ministries or areas of service where I can volunteer? Am I encouraging to my pastor? Are there ways I could be more encouraging to him and his family? <clears throat> so fellowship with Christians. How can I intentionally build and deepen relationships with fellow believers? Or is, is there someone I can come alongside to mentor or seek out an older woman to be mentored by? How can we be better at practicing hospitality in our home? In what ways can I support and encourage my Christian brothers and sisters in their walk with the Lord? Are there missionaries I can encourage and support within my church family? Okay, now we have evangelize non-Christians. So what opportunities exist in my daily life to share the love of Christ with non-believers? Or how can I engage in intentional conversations about faith without compromising my convictions? Basically, I'm thinking there, how can I speak truth and love? Um, are there specific people in my life whom I can pray for and actively seek to introduce to the gospel? One question from Shopping for Time that I appreciated here is simply, who is one person I can develop a friendship with for the purpose of sharing the gospel? Number six is attend to my work. So just are we doing the right work, right? If you're a wife and a mother, then homemaking is your primary work. Even if you work outside the home, your home cannot be neglected, your home and family. So questions like, how can I be more effective and efficient in the work the Lord has called me to? Do I do my work as unto the Lord? Does my family see my love for Christ lived out in my daily tasks? Or do I grumble and complain about what needs to be done? Do I tend to my work with a thankful heart and a right attitude? How can I approach my work with a Christ-centered perspective and a commitment to excellence? Number seven then, um, the last one here is care for my physical health. So some questions like, am I giving too little or too much attention to the care of my physical body? And what are some habits that I can cultivate to maintain a healthy balance between rest, exercise, and nutrition? And then in what ways can I view physical health as a stewardship responsibility entrusted to me by God? So again, they're not the only questions you can use, but they're just designed to get us thinking and reflecting on these spiritual priorities and in these key areas of our life. The hope is they'll encourage intentional actions that will help us to honor the Lord in all these various areas of responsibility that he's given us. So let's make it practical because I'd love to do that because it helps me. So Actually, I love doing this episode because I worked out my own as I was doing it. So it was a blessing to me to sit and work through this. So as I sit and evaluate myself in light of each priority, as I work through it and I'm praying over the various questions, my list is starting to grow, right? So I just want to share an item or two from each of my lists with you 
just as an example to get you thinking, I'm not going to bore you to death with my whole list. Okay. <laughs> We're going to, um, I appreciated when I did this initially because they, um, they give in the book shopping for time, some examples. And that, and when I first did this, that was a help to me to get my mind understanding what am I doing specifically here? What does this look like? So, and then from there, after these examples, I want to walk us through what happens after we have these long lists and it seems, you know, I'm putting this list together. It just seems like every area of my life needs an overhaul. So don't stop at this step. You need to keep going. So don't just make your list, get overwhelmed and stop. Continue on. So I hope you'll listen to the whole podcast today. So I'm just going to dig in here and start. So let's look at grow in godliness. So for me personally, my scripture memory has been weak. That one really stands out to me. I, I've kept up with previous, um, previously memorized sections of scripture and individual verses but I haven't added new ones in a bit. And I need to work through a list of verses. I need to kind of put a list together to add to my Bible memory app. I use, it's called Bible memory. That's the name of the app. I usually prefer to add larger sections or chapters or an entire Psalm to memorize. I have some single verses, but working through a whole chapter, it just works better for me. It provides me more to meditate on and think through. I get more of the context and it's just been really beneficial for my walk with the Lord. Uh, another area I'm still working on is organizing my prayer list because I'm I, I'm aiming to include my church family and missionaries our church supports into a system so that I'm I shared this earlier that I'm praying regularly for them throughout the year. Um, when that prayer guide our church puts together is super helpful, but I need to be cons- this is this other area of my prayer life is I need to be consistent in how I capture prayer requests and stick with one system to add them to my prayer journal. My system needs a little help. It gets a little messy sometimes. Um, I want to get better when I'm with someone and they have a prayer request to just stop and pray with them on the spot. My hubby, I've shared this before, he's so good at this. And I just I just want the Lord to help me to be better at remembering to do that. So, and I shared, I do, to organize my prayer life, I use an app called PrayerMate because it's on, it's it syncs with my iPhone and my iPad It's and I really appreciate it. But it has been, um, it's become a bit cluttered and I need to spend some time um, kind of, it needs a little bit of my time and attention basically. It's been a little neglected. There's a lot of things added and there's things I need to remove and there's just, it needs some time. So I've always had, I seem to always have some kind of sin issue in my life I'm battling. I struggle a lot with grumbling and complaining. Uh, Bitterness is an area that I can struggle with, which I really, little by little, I'm working on a podcast. I've been doing a lot of book reading about bitterness. Um, So I want to put a podcast together on that. So I really need to pray and just ask the Lord to just reveal these areas of sin and that I would do battle with them, that I would just seek God's word in those areas. And I would... um, really just pray and ask him for help. And then that I would be obedient to those scriptures that I know what they tell me. Um, the next one is love my family. And what I usually find myself doing with this list is I just list all my people <laughs> and, and I pray over them. And then I determine what ways I can point them to Christ, serve them, encourage them, get more time with them, whatever that might be. My husband and I do love to keep a list of things we like to do with our grandkiddos. We're so thankful to be able to come alongside my daughter and her husband and nurturing the spiritual growth of my grandbabies. Not babies anymore, but they're still babies to, to their Nana. So serving the church is another one. Like, how am I using my gifts to serve the church? What volunteer needs are there? Am I using... Um, am I using my gifts? Um, I'm trying to think. Usually what I'll do is I'll take an inventory of 
of what I am doing to serve my church family and see if there are other needs I can meet. I, I do want to serve my pastors and their families well, just to be an encourager to them on a regular basis and how I can help meet needs and pray for them. If you're not sure what to do in the area of serving your church, you can probably, your pastor would probably appreciate it if you sought him out to see if there's some areas you can help. So fellowship with Christians, every year looks pretty much the same for our family. At the start of a new year, my husband and I make a running list of families we'd like to spend time with. And then as we're putting our calendar together, as we're sitting down weekly on Sunday afternoons, we'll look ahead even sometimes because a lot of times we've already planned for that week with people coming over. But if not, we'll see if we can get some last minute people over or plan ahead. Um, and then we'll just start planning and reaching out to those particular families. This has been the best time we've invested in getting to know each family better because when you just sit down and share a meal with somebody in your home, you, you get a better understanding. You have that time to communicate, to know what the Lord is doing in their lives and learning how you can pray for them. It, it makes a better connection when their families at church because now you've built relationships with them when you see them and you can reach out to one another. It's just so good. I so encourage you, if you are not doing this on a regular basis, to just do it. I, this this needs a hospitality podcast. I know. I'm, I'm, I have a whole list. My podcast list is overwhelms me when I look at it. So this, this also, my fellowship with Christians time, it helps me to update my prayer list for our church family that I'm putting in too. So when I'm with those people, then I need to be mindful to add those specific prayer requests to their names in my prayer in my prayer app. So evangelize non-Christians. So this is an area I'm weak. I've had years where I'm strong and weak, and right now I'm feeling weak. And one of the values of our church reads, this is what our value states on our church website. It's part of our I should know. I'm not I'm so blanking on words lately. It's part of our church's value system. So faith and that's probably not the right word I just used, but basically this is one of them. Faithful evangelism. And it says the value on our church website, it reads, We have been graciously saved through God's work through faithful servants who have sown the gospel to us, and we have been commissioned by God to sow that gospel to others. Therefore, we each seek to faithfully sow the gospel in our community through pursuing redemptive relationships. And as a church, we partner with like minded ministries for the spread of the gospel around the world. So, as I'm recording this, last week was prayer week at our church. And we had, um, you know, our pastor put the prayer guide together. We had a day where we just, the church was just open one evening and we had a prayer guide to pray for, to just pray through all, for all the various ministries and the people that serve and just walk around the church in the various rooms and places and just pray for those areas and those individuals. Um, and then we had our, the ladies got together for a dinner at our pastor's wife's house and then the men had their breakfast and then we had prayer Sunday. So at our church, the men all prayed over each of these values that our church has on has as a, in the list. Um, I'm rambling, but I'm trying to put this together in a way that's clear because I think it's really I really have appreciated this because it's been an encouragement to me in my walk with the Lord and in my time in prayer. So one of the values that we are praying through was being faithful in evangelism. And when the gentleman um, prayed, when Dwayne prayed, it really convicted me how I am weak at sharing the gospel with my non-Christian friends and acquaintances. So I need to do a better job of talking about my faith with friends who aren't Christians. And one way we've been trying to do better is by spending more time with our neighbors. Like our, our houses are a little far apart. So 
Um, a few years back, we put together a neighborhood directory to kind of help us keep in touch, and it's been helpful for building relationships. I've taken that directory and put that in my my PrayerMade app, so I'm praying regularly for those families on my road. We've developed some close friendships with some of our neighbors, and I want to make sure I share my faith with them when we get together and always have good gospel resources on hand to share with them. So that's one of them. I have others on my list there too. So attend to my work. So for me, this usually involves my home and the blog. I have a running list of areas in my home I'd like to tackle. We've been in this home now where we're at for over 30 years. So we're kind of in the remodeling update stage and our basement is next on our list. It's kind of out of the early 90s right now, but it needs some it needs some minor decorating, some paint, some wallpaper removal, nothing too major. But and and I need to declutter some areas. We're always going through our storage area. So we're working another thing we're working on is organizing home movies and old photos are getting scanned. So I have this long list starting to build here that I need to work through and figure out what that all looks like for us and how we share that with family. I didn't even get to the blog on this list, but I've been um, trying to find a schedule that works with my current life and responsibilities. And if you're a regular listener, you already know that I have been very slow and sporadic in getting episodes up. So I so apologize. I'm hoping to get back to a regular schedule as I, I do some evaluating on this and, and my time. But I love, love what I the Lord allows me to do here at Thankful Homemaker. But know always my family and my home and my church family always come before what I do here. So please, dear friend, always be patient with me on that. And then the last one for me is care for my physical body. So my aging physical body needs my time and attention, <laughs> but I'm pretty simple. I, I know I need to stay active with resistance training and moving, just walking more than I do, especially in the winter months here. That's a struggle for me. Um, we're pretty good in the summer to get that walk in after dinner, but winter, I'm just a baby. You know, we probably have almost two feet of snow outside and I just don't, I'm not good at wanting to go outside in it. I need to be better at that, but I need to continue to make better eating choices, up my water intake. I I know where I'm weak and I will continue to evaluate and make a list of areas I'd like to see change in. So one thing, okay? So if your list is like mine, it looks crazy long. It can seem a bit overwhelming by the time you're done. I mean, I just gave you a couple of examples in each area. My list is already pretty long and it doesn't even have everything on it, what we just walked through here. But there were three statements that um, Mrs. Mahaney shared in the book as we're working through this to keep in mind. And these are what we are focusing on when we determine to set our spiritual priorities. Number one is we sit and plan. Number two is we consider people. And number three was we plan to depend. So our lives are all made up of various changing seasons. My list looks so different from 20 years ago when I had kiddos still at home. Now they're grown and grandchildren are on my list. And my husband and I are officially senior citizens. <laughs> and in each season, we want to make wise choices in the use of our time in all the various seasons the Lord has us in. A quote from the book to help us remember who is in control of all aspects of our lives is, she said, scripture provides ample evidence that God sets the boundaries for each season. God determines when one closes and a new one begins. He's in complete control and sovereignly rules over every season of our lives. And his purpose for our lives in each season ultimately cannot be frustrated. So Romans 8.28, it reminds us that our God can be trusted because his plans and purposes for our lives are always for our good and his glory. God's sovereignty is so much on my mind because I am rereading that trusting God by Jerry Bridges. So it's it's our next book club read and Patreon. And after this episode goes up, 
We're going to set up a Zoom call to set our spiritual priorities together as a group. I love doing this with a group of ladies and all because we are, there's so many different seasons of life in the group. We have single ladies to married with children to empty nesters to seniors like me. So it's going to be really encouraging to see what is on everyone's list. I'd obviously love you to join us. If you'd like more info, I'll link to the Patreon group in the show notes too. It's another way to support what we do here. So I would love that. So looking at this really long list and being reminded that our good God is in control of every season and aspect of our lives, then where do I begin? We can't change every area at one time. So as we look at our list, we need to ask ourselves, what one or two priorities do I want to focus on for maybe the next three to six months? It could just be the next three months, depending on what they are. And what steps will I take to grow in each area? So this is as we're working through, this is as we're taking that that goal and we're going to break it down into doable steps. So when you do the first step, as you sit and plan, that first step, sit and plan, you're going to ponder your relationships. You're going to consider your people. So this is an area where we should be asking ourselves, who do we want to spend time with? How much time? How do we work on making this investment in people a priority? So, you know, I'm looking at my growing godliness list, but I'm also looking at my my um my time with my family, loving my family. So I know for me, my immediate family is always a priority, and then my church family, and then friends. In the mix of those, then are my family and friends without Christ. So why are there seven areas and we maybe only focus on one or two to change and work on? Well, because when we sit with a list like this, there's going to be some quick items that are one and done. Okay, for me, updating my prayer list with church family is one that's going to be a one and done. I'm going to do it and it's going to be done. It'll get updated over time as new families come in or whatever that is. But for the most part, it's a one and done. Or sitting with my husband and starting a list of how we'd like to be involved in our grandkids' lives this year and how we can impact them spiritually. That's a coffee date that will, again, continue to develop over time. But the initial part of it is an afternoon together. But most times in a list like this, when we make it, the areas we know we need to work on or where we need the most change seem to rise up to the top. So as I stated, I do keep all these areas and notes in my planner. So they're always there for me to review on a monthly basis. They become part of my monthly planning. And then from there, they get into my weekly planning and then my dailies. So as these couple areas stand out, Determine what steps you need to specifically plan to foster growth in those areas. Many of our goals, again, they're going to be turned into projects with multiple steps to complete them. And you may have some of those that are a one and done. And even as I'm saying these multiple steps, when you look at a task, it can be overwhelming to see it as the whole. But when you break it down into steps, it simplifies it. And you're like, oh, this is really doable. Um, So let me just, in the case of my scripture memory, what I'm going to do first is I need to determine what scripture or scriptures I'd like to start working on and then add them to my Bible memory app. And then my next step would be to set a schedule for them to start memorizing. My app kind of sets that up for me too, which I appreciate. Then I also want to work through the context of the verses. So I'll make sure to look up some resources to aid me in studying them a bit deeper. All this is going to get scheduled into my morning time with the Lord. I'm going to review verses daily. I may study on Saturday mornings when I have a bit longer to linger in the word. This was a process, and although it was being planned in January, I may not have finished all the steps in a week or even a month. So just to walk through it a bit more, memorizing more scripture is my goal. But to get there, it's going to take me some steps, right? 
and I work through them as though it's a small project and I schedule the steps into my days and weeks so it gets done and it's not overwhelming since I'm not doing it all at once. I would plan the steps out and schedule them in what I use. I use my task management app. I use something called Things 3. There's a lot of them. There's Todoist and TickTick. There's a lot of options out there. Or you could just use a paper planner and a a to-do list. Because really the task management app, it's just a glorified app for a to-do list. But I can schedule the tasks ahead in it, which I really like. So let's say, you know, um, actually, I'll do it as I walk through this step-by-step. Let me just give a kind of a step-by-step breakdown. So I want to choose the scriptures I want to memorize. I need to do that first. So let's say I'm planning this week that I'm recording this podcast on Saturday. And let's say that on Monday, I want to choose the scriptures I want to memorize. So I will put that on my in my task management app as a task to be done on Monday. So it's there. When Monday I open my to-do list, there it is. Then I'm going to just sit down and think of some scriptures. So one of them that I know I want to add is Psalm 121. It's my favorite Psalm and I've not memorized it. I've memorized other Psalms, but I've not memorized that one. And I'm like, why haven't I done that? So that that I know is going to be a first one. So then I'm going to, my next task will be to add those selected scriptures to my Bible memory app. So I'm going to set a schedule for when I, and then I need to set a schedule for when I start memorizing them when I add them in. The app does that for me for the most part. So I, I already have a set, I have it set up how I like to do it. So it's ready to go. So all I have to do is add the scriptures in. So I could say, you know what, I'm going to pick them. And maybe because I have time this week on Tuesday, when I sit with the Lord, when I'm done with my quiet time, I'm going to add those scriptures in to start being memorized. Then I want to make a plan to study the context of the verses in depth. And that means gathering resources that are going to aid me in understanding them better. Um, so let's say like I, Psalm one, let's just take Psalm 121. Maybe I want to grab a commentary on the Psalms or some notes out of my study Bible. So as I'm memorizing through the Psalm, I want to study a little bit deeper. So I have a better context of the Psalm. Um, my next step would be to schedule my scripture study and memorization into my daily routine then. And for me, that may happen on Saturday. So on my task management app on Saturdays, I can put a repeating test to study the context of my scripture memory verses. And that's just always there. Maybe I don't do it every week, but it's there if I have the time to do it and it works out those mornings. So from there, I'm just going to review the verses. I'm going to be studying them on Saturday mornings. And then my Bible memory app, it's going to keep track of my progress. But I need to be diligent in practicing them throughout the week, not just when I'm sitting there in my quiet time with the Lord. I want to say them out loud when I'm doing laundry or washing dishes. So I might say, you know what, put a sticky note up in the laundry room on the cabinet so I see it there. So I'm reminded to repeat that verse out loud. So I always love to find a task or habit and just tack something onto it. Um, so it just it just builds that. It's like, I'm already doing this. So as soon as I do that, I do this. So I go back to fold clothes. I can see my memory verses out loud. If you use a task management app, it's just a helpful tool. Or if you use a planner, because you can plan it ahead, it's a helpful tool to kind of put these steps in. This was probably not the greatest example I gave you with the scripture memory, but I think I'm hoping you kind of got the gist of that. So 
If it's a planner type item, like scheduling regular coffee dates with my daughter or son, I'll chat with them and add them to my calendar as we make dates. I'll put a note in my task management app if there's specific things that we'd like to talk about together or a book to read together or whatever that might be. If it's a more home-related project, like starting to paint the basement, I can just put some simple steps to start moving the project forward. Things I might put on my to-do list for a future date are like picking up paint samples at the paint store, choosing colors then, and determining how much paint we need. And from there, making sure we have all the supplies we need. And then sitting with my husband to determine when this works for our schedule to begin. Do we have a start date? So if you're still with me here, you're like, Marcy, this is too much. I'm not in a season where I could just sit and plan. So my dear friend, the busyness of life is exactly why we must sit and plan, right? I always think Jesus withdrew in prayer and he waited prayerfully for his father's instructions. In Luke 5, 15 to 16, it says, yet the news about him, referring to Jesus, spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So Jesus always depended on the father. So during those times of sitting and planning and really specifically praying over these areas where we would like to see growth and change, when we take time to be alone with the Lord, that's where we're going to find direction and strength and clarity of what is most important. We're going to sit and plan, but the most important aspect of our planning is seeking the Lord in prayer and his word for guidance. If we desire to serve the Lord and others well, our best way to do this is to imitate our Lord and be women of prayer. The last step is the most important too. It's plan to depend. And it's last because if you get nothing else from our time today, at least listen into this last part. You're here with me this long, so hang with me. Um, Everything, my dear friend, that we've worked through today are suggestions. The hope is they're going to help you to live your spiritual life a bit more intentionally. But we need to remember in and of ourselves, our plans are helpless without the work of the Lord. We need to fully depend on him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 reminds us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Charles Bridges shares how this works in our everyday lives. He said, take one step at a time, every step under divine warrant and direction. Ever plan for yourself in simple dependence on God. It is nothing less than self-idolatry to conceive that we can carry on even the ordinary matters of the day without his counsel. He loves to be consulted. I know for me, I'm so guilty of not seeking the Lord for ordinary tasks, but I truly need the Lord to do anything from laundry to running errands to caring for a sick child to counseling a friend. I need the Lord for my next breath. Our default is usually self-sufficiency, and I know mine can be. My Bible reading has me in the book of Nehemiah, and I'm, I'm this year, I've already switched twice, but now I'm settled on the McShane Bible reading plan. So what really stood out to me was Nehemiah's dependence on the Lord in prayer. You know how we read our Bible over and over, year after year, and we continue to see things that we didn't catch in past years. Well, my reading today was one of those moments, and the thing that stood out to me was what I call Nehemiah's, I called it his breath prayer in Nehemiah 2.4. The king asked Nehemiah what he was requesting of him, and the text says right after the king's request, this is Nehemiah speaking, Nehemiah said, so I pray to the God of heaven. And then after that quick prayer that Nehemiah prayed, then Nehemiah shared his request with the king. Nehemiah was in utter dependence on the Lord. That quick prayer tells me that he was a man who spent much time in prayer because it was as natural to him as breathing. 
that is the type of dependency I want to have on the Lord. That's what I want my planning to depend to look like. Nehemiah was concerned for the glory of God and others, and he had a prayerful heart that was persistent in prayer. The Lord used his servant Nehemiah to accomplish the work he had planned. Nehemiah was willing to be used by God and in utter dependence on the Lord. So as we're coming to a close, I want to leave you with the last paragraph from the book Shopping for Time. They state, in the end, our highest goal is not flawless execution of our plans or increased productivity. It's our relationship with God, walking in dependence upon him throughout the day. We should not be more consumed with the completion of our to-do list than pleasing and glorifying our Savior. Whether we're sitting down to map our day, simplifying our to-do list, or receiving an interruption as a sovereign delivery, we must above all plan to depend. Charles Bridges reminds us God loves to be consulted. So let's live out Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 and take the time to acknowledge him in all our ways because Jesus truly is enough always, my friend. I'm so grateful for you and your time today. And the full show notes are at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. You can also find there um, where to find a copy of my spiritual priorities planning guide if you want a bit of help in working through them. Again, there's just a small cost for the PDF and your purchase keeps the lights on here at Thankful Homemaker. So thank you. Thank you for picking it up if you already did. If you're interested in joining our smaller group on Patreon, we'd love to have you. We greatly enjoy our monthly coffee chats via Zoom and our Zoom book studies together. I'll include the information for that in the show notes. And again, thank you so much, my dear friend, for joining me. And I do pray you have a very blessed week, my dear friend. 